Welcome back, everybody, to Be Kind Rewind. My name is Gabe. I'm Logan. And I'm Kyle. And we are here to talk about the year 2002. But before we do, I hear Logan has a mulligan or an addendum to... Or whatever you want to call it. So for the year 2000, somehow I missed the fact that Tigerland came out that year. I either had it written down for the wrong year or not written down at all but tigerland is a fantastic film mm-hmm. uh, that would probably slot in as my second favorite film of the year okay. um it would bump frequency off the bottom of my list because it was not a super strong year to begin with but no. tigerland is an excellent film it is joel schumacher back when he was making good movies like falling down and his pre-batman days mm-hmm. um it was i believe colin farrell's first starring role or at least his big breakout role um that kind of you know yeah, brought right him to to you know a little bit of prominence I think he um official start a little but bit it's earlier, it's but a war movie and not a war movie at the same time. Like it's about the themes of war and the themes of, of going to war, but it is set entirely here, you know, so it's at, you know, military training camp um, and stuff like that. And it's just, it is, it is harsh. It is cutting and it's, it's very sad, but very uplifting at the same time. Great movie. Everybody should watch it. Second favorite film of two thousands. Yeah. Didn't mean to miss it. What was your first? I can't remember. I, you know, I, I don't remember. I'd have to look back at my notes. Apparently, it wasn't as good as Tigerland because that's the movie that you remember. Um, so this movie, this year, we're talking about uh, 2002, and um, in my humble opinion, not a strong year for cinema. And in my humble opinion, Gabe's humble opinion is wrong. Yeah. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> um, I'm not saying it was the worst year, but there were a lot of forgettable movies a lot of bad movies um i remember road to perdition came out this year Uh, wow uh, low blow low blow that's the thing is that i went into that movie wanting it to be a great movie because it has tom hanks and paul newman and daniel craig and jude law yeah yep and when i saw it i didn't care about any of it like it was slow it was i i don't do well with slow movies but uh so that's (laughs) kind of a, a deal right deal breaker right there uh, and this movie was no exception. Um, I remember nothing from this movie except for Tom Hanks and his kid are robbing banks, possibly something like that. We can we can discuss it later if you want. It might or might not be on my list. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, what else came out this year? Ah, uh, you know, again, there was a lot of mediocre stuff. There was a lot of bad stuff. We'll get to the good stuff a little bit later. Um, there was what I consider to be not just the worst film of the year, one of the worst movies of all time, Wind Talkers. Ah. It was it was a, I was really excited. It was kind of a code-breaking, you know, war movie. Granted, it was starred Nick Cage, so that should have been a warning right there. Yes. Um, but it was about the the Navajo Wind Talkers that, you know, were used during World War One to encrypt messages um, and, you know, it was a great premise for a movie, and it was just awful. So John Woo directed that, if I'm not mistaken? Or you no? know, that sound, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well. I could believe it. It was it was that bad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, another really terrible movie that came out this year. Um, and I guarantee this won't make any of your lists here. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Oh, that's my favorite. It was probably... Okay, if you say... <laughs> it was my number one. What oh, are no. you talking about? Oh, you guys. No, get your hands off my collar here. Um, it was the worst of the prequels, and the prequels were the worst of the Star Wars universe. You're, I, I partly agree with you. See, I didn't hate it as much as I hated Episode One. I think Phantom Menace was the worst of the prequels. I disagree. There was... Because the Phantom Menace had a couple 
slightly redeeming things about it. They had the pod racing scene, which, which uh, in grand scheme of things is a very divisive scene because it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't need to be there, but it was still an entertaining scene for what it was. But then they also had the duel of fates lightsaber. Yeah, end, you know, I mean, uh, but this movie there had were nothing. tiny little moments. I just remember this it's been a while since Yoda. I watched it. This movie had it has Yoda. It's been a while like, since I watched it, so I'll grant you that. That maybe you are correct here, but I remember watching it, going, ah, this was mildly entertaining, which was head and shoulders above my reaction to Phantom Menace. Yeah, well, I uh, it does have Yo- it does have Yoda flipping around with a lightsaber for and it two has seconds. sand. Yes, because it but. We hate sand because it gets everywhere. <laughs> it's coarse. And... <laughs> it's coarse. That's right. Um, and then um... there were, you know, there were a lot of middle of the franchise movies this year. So you had Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Chamber of Secrets, second Harry Potter movie, also sure. pretty forgettable. Anybody yeah. disagree with there? I, eh. um, you had Men in Black Two, worst of that series. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one that it, I don't think it made any of our lists, but another middle of the franchise uh blade two yep guillermo del toro's entry into the blade franchise and you know honestly i i know there's a lot of love for steven norrington's blade movie the first one yep. and it, it's it's okay for what it is yeah. i i think i enjoy del toro's best of the three yeah i, th- I think but you like you need it i think you needed the tone from the first one to be set at for del toro to be able to take over yeah i think so and he, he brought a little bit of fun to it i mean the first one yeah. was just bleak and I think that was kind of the point, and it kind of worked for it, too. Um, Did the Blade 2 have uh, Ron Perlman? Or is that 3? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, well, a he's, del, it's a Del Toro. I was going to say, he's had great Ron in everything. He's <laughs> Fair. In, there's been a lot of Del Toro projects here. Um, but there were also a lot of co- or a couple uh, starts to franchises with Barbershop. That was actually a very entertaining movie, in my opinion. Didn't quite make the top 10, but um, just, just shy there. Also, Jackass, the movie came out, was released. Um, uh, I was going to say Oscar nominated. That's not right. <laughs> but um, it got. Did well, get I'm sure some up. guy named Oscar liked it. <laughs> Maybe. It did get two thumbs up from Ebert and Roper, I believe, because I think Cisco was dead by now. Um, Too but, yeah, soon. They, but they both loved the movie. They said, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into because it's a Jackass yep. movie. And that was the first Jackass movie, yep. right? So mm-hmm. that started those. There was the first Triple X movie this year. Yeah. There was oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um there there was the almost start. So you had did either of you see The Sum of All Fears? I saw it many, many years ago. So I never saw it. That was their attempt to kind of reinvigorate the Jack Ryan franchise yeah. with Ben Affleck. Um, so not the start of a franchise because you've got the two Harrison Ford movies. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you know, Hunt for the Red October, which is an excellent film. One of my favorites. But here, you know, they tried to, I guess I don't know if it was technically a sequel or a reboot or what it was, but they wanted to get it going again. And it was so bad they never made another one with him. Um, with him because they. Right. Well, now uh, there's Chris Pine. Chris Pine took over. Yeah. yeah. Those aren't supposed to be very good either. I think I saw one of them. But, I think there's uh, only one of them so far. But yeah, yeah no, there was, there was a lot of schlock. Um, and there were a couple that. I quite enjoy while I acknowledge they're not good movies. Okay. So one of the ones that I, I, I'll defend this movie. I'll, I will play devil's advocate for this movie, the time machine. Okay. So this, this is the, I don't know if you would call it a remake. It's, it's obviously a new film based on the story. Incidentally, it is directed by Simon Wells, who is the grandson or great grandson of HG Wells, who wrote the story, Ah. which is just, fun little trivia that's kind of cool and it stars guy pierce um who i love guy pierce is fantastic it has a great score it has some really fun creature design from stan winston um 
I just enjoy the movie, and I can see why people would hate it. Yeah. It's got some weird stuff. Yep, and just, it's, very, just, it's a very lonely movie. It's a very lonely movie, and it's got some strange things to it, but I found it highly entertaining. I've watched it many times, and yeah, I would I would recommend, if you haven't seen it, keep an open mind and see if maybe it's the movie for you, but I, I okay. like that movie well, quite a bit. There you go. Uh, well, this week we're going to, um, kind of expand our, uh, movie talking points here. We're actually going from a top five to a top 10, uh, because yeah, we're just going to try it out see if that catches on. So starting with, uh, my number 10, I'm just going to say my 10th favorite movie of 2002 was Minority Report. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Tom Cruise, your buddy Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a good movie. I remember it being good up until a certain point and then something happens and then the movie keeps going and i think i personally felt felt that the movie went on about 20 minutes too long it's been long enough since i've watched it that i can't specifically disagree mm-hmm. i remember liking it a lot i thought it was a very good movie not quite a, a transcendently good movie like it's not among spielberg's best yeah but it is solid and it, it does science fiction in a way that it's not done often enough Okay. You know, it, it doesn't try to do grand sweeping science fiction. No. It tells a fairly small story in a fairly intricate way, but creates a believable world. It it did pretty well. Something yeah. that and, uh, made, Blade Runner, you know, is is another you know classic example of you know world building but yeah. telling a very small story and again also based on a Philip K. Dick story. Um, no, I I liked it quite a lot. That's fine. Um, I just. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a good movie. I just felt like the there was a lot of uh, they wanted you to believe that there's all this technology going into these three superhumans, and I that's kind of a little bit where it threw me off. But uh, yeah, just I mean, it's still a good movie. So so go ahead and check it out if you haven't seen it. What was your number? There you have it. The worst review of a top ten film on your list you'll ever hear. There you go. Here you go. It's number ten. I hated it. I didn't hate it. Okay, anyways. Uh, what's your number 10? <laughs> My number 10 was The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Okay. And granted, it's... Great movie. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's largely on my list due to nostalgia. Minority Report might be a better movie. I'm looking at my list. Red Dragon might be a better movie. Um, but it's nostalgic. I saw all of those movies in theaters three times a piece. Uh, me too. Love The Lord both. of the Rings movies. It's probably my second favorite of the trilogy, with Fellowship being the best and Return of the King being, to my mind, the weakest. Um, sure, but it's still a solid movie. It's a solid movie with solid action scenes, some bits of writing that really annoy me, but, you know. Yeah, we'll good get stuff. there next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Kyle? What's your number 10? Uh, my number 10, uh, this was actually a, a period of time that, for some reason, I was just a rebellious teenager. Okay. And uh, I, I really had a dislike for animated movies okay until later and one of the movies that actually got me back into like i felt like i was too mature like oh these are kids things uh one of those movies that got me back into it was actually ice age okay um so it kind of holds just a nostalgic place sure. in my heart I respect um, it. it's a good movie too it's, yeah i, I, I would not fight you on that yeah and it's yeah it's a lot like it's very simple but but well done movie, which is great for a kid's movie. Well, it plays, I mean, and I haven't watched it recently, but it always reminded me of a classic like John Ford Western. 
you know, these vast expanses, these lone solitary heroes banding together, you know, to cross the desert or what have you. But it's it's animated, it's comedy, it's funny. Yeah, it's a really interesting movie. And then, of course, they went on to make a million crappy sequels. Yeah, and that's the problem. But But the first one is so good. It is. It really is. Also, the thing about the sequels is that they make a lot of money. They make a ton of money, but I feel like I'm guilty of this as much as anybody. You forget how good the first film is because the sequels have been so consistently bad. Sure. Yeah. And I got to remind myself sometimes that, hey, this this was a great movie and that doesn't diminish that at all. Yeah. And there's there's another movie later on my list that is the same way that it kind of gets tainted by a the sequels. Fair enough. That's a little bit of a tease there. Uh, what's your number nine? Oh, my number nine. Uh, we actually mentioned it already. Uh, Minority Report. Oh, okay. Rock on. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was the first thing I saw with Colin Farrell. Uh, it was Tom Cruise in like his current incarnation, sort of. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and what's your number nine? My here? number nine, I'm just going to briefly talk, uh, brush on this uh, because it'll be talked about later on, um, is Gangs of New York with Leo and... The now retired Daniel Day Daniel Day Lewis as Bill the Butcher. He's not retired. He's got a movie coming out with Paul Thomas Anderson just later this year. Yeah, but he's retiring after. Sure, after he is. Yeah, we'll okay. see. He'll be retired I remember when for Ryan about, Gosling was retiring too. That was yeah, like ten movies ago. He'll be retired about three years and then come back. And Stephen Sondheim yeah. or no, uh, Soderbergh. Uh, him, that I heard, guy. I heard Chris Evans Different also Steven. want to retire soon too. So yeah, you I don't know, really care about Chris Evans. It's fun to say. Hey, whoa, you take that back. That's Captain America you're talking uh, about. Okay, son. Yeah. And I'll touch briefly on my number nine too, since I know it's on. I believe both your lists later on. Spoiler alert. Um, Spider-Man, the original, the first Sam Raimi's Spider-Man number one. Uh, I won't get into much detail, but great, great movie. movie. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Agreed. So I'm going to jump ahead to my number eight, since I'm not going to talk much about my number nine. Pretty sure this isn't on either of your lists at all. I doubt either of you have even seen it. Um, Tuck Everlasting. Taco Everlasting? You heard incorrect. <laughs> Tuck Everlasting. So it's it's uh, kind of a fairy tale. Um, it is based on a book, I believe, by Natalie Babbitt, um, children's book, about this family uh, lives in the woods. They've found a spring that, as chance would have it, makes you immortal, okay. which turns out to be not so much of a good thing. It's kind of a, a, a uh, cautionary tale sounds too heavy handed, um, but it's a fairy tale. It's kind of like the Fountain and it of is, Youth. It's, yeah, it, no, it is the Fountain of Youth. Okay. It, 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 it basically freezes you and... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a very beautiful film, very okay. intricate film. I almost it's one of the few instances where I think I like a movie better than a book. It brings certain things to life in a way that the book didn't quite. Um, okay. It has an excellent cast that includes Ben Kingsley, mm. uh, Jonathan Jackson, I think, Alexis Bledel, maybe Sissy Spacek, if I'm remembering right. Oh. Um, oh. But okay. a very good, very forgotten, underappreciated film that I highly recommend. Taco Everlasting. Taco Everlasting. Uh, that's All right. right. What's your number eight so I can make fun of it? Uh, my number eight is uh, <laughs> actually has eight in the title. Eight Mile with Eminem. And uh, I don't care. I, I'm unapologetic about this. I love Eminem. I have since I was old enough to listen to his music. And this is his one one only movie, one and only movie that he's uh, ever acted in. And except for funny people, but that was a terrible movie. Um, but he is really good in this movie and it's about his life growing up on the streets of Detroit, uh, making friends and, uh, you know, uh, writing music and all that. So, uh, really heartwarming. Yeah. It's sweet. It's family movie. 
amazing if you've never seen it if you have any respect for Eminem and his music and if you've never seen eight mile go out and see it strong recommendation here or just listen to lose yourself and it's yes. encapsulated in the, five minutes the entire movie is <laughs> is spoiled in lose yourself so. but that song is fantastic yes so. it is it gets your head <laughs> bopping absolutely and uh britney murphy rest in power is in it and uh yeah what's your number eight uh, my number eight, uh, funny enough, has eight legs. Uh, Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, Great movie. Yeah, the <laughs> the start of the franchise that lasted one more good movie. Um, and Yes, with that franchise. Yes. Yeah, with that franchise. Yes. Uh, yeah, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. He was... It's a lot of fun. It's a fun film. Yes, it is. So, uh, And I'll talk a little bit more about it once we get up a little... A little uh, no, few notches here. Yep. Uh, and so then uh, going on to my number seven, uh, I don't think it's on either of your lists. Challenge uh, accepted. Uh, which, uh, Gabe, you're you're the comedy guy. Where, where is this? Where, where <laughs> oh, is this I know movie? you're going this. I'm off the hook. Yeah, yeah you're, you're off the hook. <laughs> uh, the first uh, film from the Broken Lizard Club that there I ever go. saw, Super Troopers. Great movie. I It is a travesty that it's not on my list because it has everything that I would love in a movie, in a comedy. Yeah, it's so good. Very quotable still. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still far too many meows now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, a sequel that is already made or will be supposed to be coming out. I thought I saw a trailer, but I can't remember. Kickstarter campaign came out like two years ago saying like, Hey, we need to make all this money to make a sequel to your favorite comedy of 2002. And I didn't donate money because, you know, I just didn't want to, but, but apparently it made enough money where they're filming a sequel and they, I don't know when it's coming out, but look forward to that eventually. All right. There you go. There you go. Uh, my number seven is a caper classic. It's uh, <laughs> Catch Me If You Can with Leo and Great Tom movie. Hanks. Uh, this is a, definitely the year of Leo and uh, Hanks um, in terms of big, memorable movies. Um He's got. A, he does a great performance. Both of them have a great performance. Everybody in, in that movie is terrific. Yes. Has a lot yeah. of actors yes. that a lot you of names. see later. Yep. After you know they have gotten famous, it has a very young Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Yep. It has a brief bit by Jennifer Garner, if memory serves. Yep, Jennifer mm-hmm. Garner's uh, in that movie. Yeah, it's it's one of those like Steven Spielberg just pulling in the his great casting. For those bit roles. I feel like Spielberg's smaller movies are underappreciated because they get lost in the shadow of his spectacle. Yeah. Because he does Jurassic Park. He does Jaws. He does Schindler's List. You know, he does these massive sweeping epics. Some of my favorite films of his are Catch Me If You Can, which is higher up on my list. But we're talking about it now. Yeah. Um, Catch Me If You Can is terrific. Another one that will come up in a few years is The Terminal, which is terrific. Okay. These little movies that, you know, are about one or two people. And he just, he, he directs the hell out of them. Yep. Yeah, well, um, yeah, that's, we'll, we'll chat more once it comes up uh, later on your list. So uh, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven, and I think this is on at least one of your lists as well, is Insomnia. Ooh, yes. Um, and Insomnia is an interesting one. As you both know, I am a Christopher Nolan, just diehard fan. Yeah, um, almost to a fault. <laughs> uh, 
It's okay not to like a Christopher I mean, Nolan movie, but but we'll get there can, uh, once can, that once the 2017 uh, podcast rolls out. Uh, we're gonna have some strong words then, because again, I'm I'm not gonna say that everything he touches is gold. I was Interstellar had its issues, but anyway, um, Insomnia is an interesting one because it's the only one of his films that he did not write, um, okay, or at least is not an original work of his. So it's a remake of a Scandinavian movie. Um, did a couple of things for me. It was the first thing I really saw that had Robin Williams in it mm-hmm. as a non-comedic role. Correct. And was kind of eye-opening. He was terrific in it. Terrifying. Um, and just, uh, no one tends to do these very high-concept pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he does something that isn't intrinsically high-concept, he brings a high-concept level to it. Insomnia doesn't have as much nope. of that. Nope. But it is just a beautiful, taut, well-constructed thriller. Yeah, it's um, kind of hard 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 to believe that it is a Nolan movie because it doesn't feel like a typical Christopher Nolan movie. No, it doesn't, and I, I, I credit that to the fact that he didn't have as much you know directorial control as he does now. He can basically right. do whatever he wants these mm-hmm. days. Um, but again, as a tribute, you look at a lot of other people's early work, and while it may not feel like them, it's also not good. It's this is still a terrific film. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the other person that you're that is in the room with that movie on his list is me, and it's uh, just a little bit higher. Um, yeah, just about a guy who can't get much sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's a really sad story. It's really you know, sad. Up all night up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. No, it's a little bit more to it than that. Um, so yes, that that is my number seven. And you've both done your number seven. I believe so. All right, so I'm just gonna jump to my number six. Um, I. I want to throw out the caveat that I haven't seen this one in a while because every time I bring it up with somebody who has, they kind of roll their eyes at me. Here we go. So, this is changing lanes. So, it is... With ben Affleck and ben Samuel Affleck L. Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson. And it's it's a kind of small one-day sort of drama you know, with a bunch of events that are triggered by them getting a little fender bender at the beginning mm-hmm. and kind of the ripple effect that that has on their day and, you know, by extension on their lives. Um, I loved this movie the first few times I saw it. I have not watched it in probably about, well, let's see, that was 2002. So it, it, it has maybe been at least a decade um, since yes. I've seen this movie. It's but I remember it being fantastic. It is one that I will revisit at some point, but currently okay. I recommend it. All right, well, fair enough. Uh, my number six is something that, a movie that you hated, but I <laughs> quite loved. Uh, John Q. Um <sighs> Starring Denzel Washington in one of his best performances <laughs> and Robert Duvall in one of his best performances. Uh, um, my son's going to live. Oh, my gosh. The tears started flowing when he was just holding up the hospital. It's about health care. It's about the fact that this kid um, can't or his um, John Q. Uh, his son has a medical issue going on that life threatening and brings him into the hospital. They can't do anything for him because of insurance, I believe. And um and, and so exactly and it's very relevant to today, and of what happened last night, um, and it's very emotional. Um, and I know you had your hangups on it, such it as my second worst film of the year. Fair enough. Yeah. You know what? To each their own. No, to each their own, and that's that's very true. And again, I watched this a long time ago. I just found it badly written. I have nothing against the story. It, it's a story that in somebody else's hands could have been very compelling, but. In what was this? Was Antoine Fuqua? Oh, 
Oh, director? I think, yeah. Oh, I have no idea. I, I think it was. Anyway, whoever directed it, it just, and whoever wrote it at the same time, it was ham handed. It was on the nose. It lacked any Very subtlety. It just. That's fine. It was I mean, not it, a good film. Again, 2002, in my humble opinion, was not the best year in cinema. And so, like, John Q was a really good movie, in my opinion, but it's not one of the, one of my favorites of all time. But, yeah. What was your number yeah. six, Kyle? Uh, my number six, uh, it is actually the movie that I mentioned earlier about the franchises later being mm. awful. Uh, unapologetically... Uh, the, my number six is the transporter. Fair enough, dude. Uh, I love dumb action movies sometimes, uh, but also it's for a dumb action movie. The cinematography is amazing. Uh, the is actually written, uh, co-wrote written by Luke Besson who did fifth element. Uh Aha. Yeah. Um, And, uh, Valerius, the lost city and Valeria, which was actually very good. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just un- like unapologetically dumb action, but at least it was a simple plot. And now it's got a TV show come either coming out or it came out on Netflix, I believe. Yeah, it's so. got two very subpar sequels mm-hmm. uh, that just got more and more ridiculous in bad ways, like the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. Got more and more ridiculous, but kind of in a campy, fun way. Yes. Um, that you can enjoy. And Transporters, the sequels, just got dumb. Well, they also, I feel like Fast and the Furious, they knew better than to do the normal sequel thing, which is say, okay, we've got our audience. Now let's just strip it down. Yeah. You know, let's pull good things away. Fast and the Furious, they just kept adding. It was like, oh, yes. not enough. Let's throw Jason Statham in here. Oh, you yep. want more? Here's The Rock. Yeah. Like, yeah. those movies get Here's bigger Kurt and Russell. bigger each time and yep. with you know the transporter and stuff like that i feel like they, they make one solid action movie and then they go okay we can just crank these out now hey, it's without jason statham uh, there you go yeah this was the the first thing i really re- remember seeing jason statham in and he has a huge following like yep. a, a lot of people will go to pay to see his movies so. yeah between this and the crank franchise mm-hmm. which was ridiculous as well <laughs> but in a fun way yeah um, no argument there and my number five uh, is a very comedy heavy. I realized uh, I love it. For, for me, uh, Van Wilder, nice. Uh, probably one of my favorite National Lampoon's films. Probably one of my favorite Ryan. Uh, what's Ryan Reynolds? Thank you, Ryan Reynolds' <laughs> yeah. performances besides Deadpool, of course. Yeah, well, and I, I love the fact that it it's a National Lampoon's movie, but it pays tribute kind of to your animal houses oh, and sure. your, yeah. and your stuff like that. I mean, his dad in the movie yes. is Otter from animal house. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's kind of really passing the torch. Absolutely. Uh, and again, a subpar sequel, uh, that happened. That's right. I forgot but, about that. I mean, that. come on, Cal Penn. He's great. Cal Penn's weirdly enough. He's really good in everything yes. except that. I wouldn't say he was not good enough to save that. He's not good he enough to save fun. that, yes. yes he was fun enough him. to get me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you saw the sequel? I did. Wow. Surprised. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm surprised too. Huh? Well, there we go. But yeah, um, just, yeah uh, plot, Ryan Reynolds is a seven-year college student and yes. is forced to graduate by his father. Because <laughs> um, he's going to cut him off. Yeah, because yeah, he's going to cut him off and then 
but everybody at this college loves him. So mm, he's a legend. Yeah, he's Van Wilder, dude. Yeah. Uh, my number five. Uh, we kind of already talked about it. Um, Insomnia with uh, Al Pacino and uh, the other guy, Robert Williams. <laughs> the other guy. Or <laughs> they can't get enough sleep, and they're in Alaska, and it's light all the time. And what do you got for number five? I have got actually brace yourselves. I have a comedy for number five. Okay. What? Whoa. But. Don't get your hopes too high. It is not an American comedy. So I have about a boy. Um, okay. Okay. As my number five, and I guess it, it it is a comedy. It is a very funny movie, but it's also it's a dramatic comedy. You know, sure. it has a lot of heart to it. Um, you know, is Hugh Grant um, trying to you know pick up single moms and it has a very very young. This was you know Nicholas Holt when he was. I don't know. He must have been like 13, yeah. maybe. Yeah. When he was um, young and had potential. When he was very young. I Don't get me wrong. I still like Nicholas Holt, actually. I do, too. Um, but it was interesting. You saw him in this, and then he disappeared. You saw him in nothing for like a decade. Yeah. And then suddenly he's in the X-Men, and he's in Yeah, and Mad then he's Max, in like, like everything. the same kid? Yes. Where did he go? Yeah, and, and he Warm, went, warm Bodies, school, which was actually... Yeah, oh, Warm Bodies right. is very yeah, good. He was, uh, he was in that Brian Singer movie, Jack the Giant Slayer. Um, Less said about that. Yeah, better. you know. <laughs> but uh, but no, about a boy. Very sweet, very funny, very good soundtrack. Um, the the songs in this movie. It, it's not a musical, but they had you know um, badly drawn boy is I think the name of the group that does all the music or all the songs for this movie, and they're just terrific. Um, no, recommend this one super highly. There you go. Um, and we can skip right over my number four, because that's Catch Me If You Can. I think we already covered everything there. All what right. is your number four, Gabe? My number four is a comedy, believe it or not. Uh, it is... Shocker! Shocker! With um, Robin Williams uh, and Edward Norton. I keep telling you, Insomnia is not a comedy. <laughs> we already talked about that. Death to Smoochie. Oh my goodness, what a funny movie. Um, it is uh, about... Uh, so these... Um, like a Barney type person, um, played by Edward Norton, has a very successful show, but it's replacing Robin Williams's Captain Kangaroo type show, um, where in the ratings and everything, and so it's it, Robin Williams is forced into retirement basically, uh, or canceled. His his show is straight up canceled, and um, Edward Norton hates him. Or no, I'm sorry, um, Robin Williams hates Edward Norton's character so much that uh, he goes to great lengths to try to kill him. And uh, hence the title. Hence the yeah. title. Exactly. It is very funny, um, and, and very dark. Even though it's about kids' uh, programs here. So, but yeah, that's all I want to really talk about because I, I, if you haven't seen it, see it, laugh your butt off. You're welcome. What do you got for number four, Kyle? Uh, my number four. I'm just going to mention because I know it go comes up higher on one of your guys' lists. Uh, the Born Identity. Great movie. Gee, I wonder who's Good. listed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was my number four. Just a a, a great a great start to a franchise that actually, in my opinion, gets better as it goes along. Agreed. Definitely. Uh, and for, never mind. No, it, we can we can we'll, when we get we'll to get, it on your we'll list, get we'll get to that. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah. So, what's your number four, Gabe? Well, my number three is. Um, oh, oh no! I forgot my okay. my four. My my number three uh, is my favorite comedy of the year. Comedy, uh, yeah, it's a comedy, uh, and uh, it was actually weirdly inspirational to me. Ooh. I don't know why. Like okay. it, it kind of started me writing a lot more. Interesting. Or uh, and that's Orange County. 
good choice. Uh, very young Colin Hanks. Yep. Uh, one of the first his things. first role, I want to say, or movie role. Uh, it wasn't his first, like, it's not his first credited role because he's, he's like random extras in a lot of like his sure. dad's movies sure. and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's his first real, real meaty role that he could mm-hmm. actually show that, oh, you are actually a really good actor. Yes, he is. Um, he's America's uh, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel like he's he's forgotten like a lot, like because he just doesn't do as much. Not as much as his dad, but yeah. he has definitely has a niche uh, following here because uh, he. I listen to a podcast, uh, Comedy Bang Bang. He's on that, not all the time, but uh, enough where I recognize him from that podcast as well. And he is a really funny guy. He's very fr- he's very nice and friendly, just like his dad. Yeah. And, but yeah, good choice on Orange County. It was with Jack Black as well. Yeah, Jack, one of the first Jack Black movies I ever saw. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. So number, your number three. My number three is Spider-Man uh, with Tobey Maguire. And um, agree, like it's this, it's not the start of the whole superhero boom because I think X-Men was that technically. Um, well, I feel like X-Men brought it into the modern era. Mm-hmm. And yep. Spider-Man showed us, hey, these can be amazing. Yes. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy X-Men. But yeah. Yes. And and Spider-Man undoubtedly had the much, much bigger opening. Absolutely. In Weekend. Oh, yeah. Like, it crushed it. Crushed it. And uh, the sequel is a lot better, but yeah. the first movie is stellar. And uh, you know these characters. You know these characters' motivations. You know how he got his powers and... Then they, a few years, uh, less than 10 years later, they decide to reboot the franchise again, and uh, to a lot of people's chagrin. Um, but yeah, the it first was, is the... It's interesting, going going back and watching it too, it's it's cartoony in a way that very few superheroes movies have managed to nail. In a good way, It's yes. a way that Fantastic Four tried and failed very hard, mm-hmm. and a way that a lot of others have steered clear of and kept it on the more serious side, even... The Spider-Man franchises, all three of them as a whole, tend to err on the side of not being goofy. Yeah. You know, even though that is, in the comics, that's his shtick. Mm-hmm. You know, he he quips, he's comedic, he's funny. And they didn't even, they didn't do that in Sam Raimi's movies, but they're, they're just, they're quirky films. And I credit that to Sam Raimi's, you know, kind of quirky indie roots. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I love the the scene where he's trying to get his uh, web to cut shoot out of his wrist for the first time. And go web, go, go web, go, go, web, go. up, up so and away, can... web. That's right. Shazam. <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you got for number three there, Logan? I for my number three have signs from back in the days when M Night Shyamalan still made great movies. Okay. Um. So this was his third great movie. Um. Love Six Sense, Love Unbreakable. I think I've talked about those in past episodes. Yes, at you length. have. And Signs Not was his way. third, and it was. Not as great as Unbreakable. Unbreakable is one of my favorite films of all time. Signs has, you know, some flaws with it, but it is still just a terrific movie. Um, sure. It is kind of a unique take on an alien invasion movie. It's an alien invasion movie where that's not really what it's about. Um, it is, It is a, yeah. again, it's about the people. I and, say it's and, a very you know, character-driven movie. It's, uh, it's hugely character-driven. And again, this was when he was still doing it well. And mm-hmm. I think his unraveling was everybody said, hey, you do this really well. So he kind of got up in his own head and just fell apart. Uh, watch this, then watch the happening, and it's night and day. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, Signs is is just beautiful. It is touching. It has one of the best tandem performances I've ever seen in terms of Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson playing brothers. 
just absolutely incredible. Um, and again, this was probably the first thing I saw Joaquin Phoenix in, and I really loved him. Um, he, and then, he's great. funnily enough, that role was meant to go to Mark Ruffalo. Oh, he okay. was cast as Merrill, Mel Gibson's brother, and he got sick and had to drop out. And then uh-huh. uh, Joaquin Phoenix you know, came in and played the part. But that would have been a big, at the time, I think, breakout role for Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, I was like, I don't yeah. think he'd really made anything huge at that point. No. Um, so that that is my number three. Um, and actually, speaking of Mel Gibson, I'm going to jump right to my number two, because my number two is We Were Soldiers. Um, okay. Mel Gibson's uh, Korean War movie. Um, at least I think it was. It was Korea or Vietnam. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, one of the two. And again, this is this is another one that takes, you know, kind of standard war tropes, you know, standard genre tropes, and plays with them a little bit. It, it's, you know, one of the main characters in this movie is not even a soldier. He's a photographer played by one of my favorites, Barry Pepper. I know a photographer. Um, and again, just a, a very good movie. If I'm thinking about my favorite war movies of all time, this is definitely in the top 10. Um, if I'm thinking of one of my favorite war movies of all time, I'm going to go my, my number two, Lord of the Rings, two towers. Hey, hey! Uh, it's got one of the best battle scenes with Helm's deep. Oh, um, absolutely does. And it's, Probably my second favorite in the franchise of Lord of the Rings. It goes yep. Fellowship, um, Two Towers, and then and then uh, the third one, Return of the King. Um, I think. Would you it, say Helm's Deep is your favorite battle scene in the entire series? Probably, yeah. I love uh, the uh, banter between Legolas and Gimli oh. at Helm's Deep. I loved it. I, I know that. It. I know that you and other people hated it. I loved this the part where Aragorn uh, and Gimli are on the the balcony there, and they're trying to take out all the orcs that are trying to break down the door of their last hope, basically. And then he tosses them. Um, I, yeah. So that battle was eye opening. It was it kind of it it was just it gave me chills when I saw it. Um, and the whole start of it with uh, all the people. I love the elves uh, coming at the very last second. Um, to help them at the at the Battle of Helm's Deep, that was an awesome reveal. Um, and then just throughout the entire movie, like it was very character driven. You see all these all these characters that you got to know and love in the first one, and they're doing their own things and not giving up on each other, even though they're in completely different parts of the world, and they they're just basically assuming that everything else is going according to plan, like the Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Um, are in pursuit to save Merry and Pippin, and they're just assuming that Frodo and Samwise are doing their thing in Mordor, and then it's the, also the introduction of Andy Serkis in mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings franchise as uh, Gollum. Uh, one of the one of the best performances uh, of that franchise, and I kind of want to say it was maybe a robbery that he didn't get nominated for an Oscar, unless he did i don't think he did no he did not yeah but that was that good well i think too at the time if that if those films were released today he would have a much better shot the academy didn't know what to make of a motion capture character then because it was so new so unique and i mean that was that's one of the things about the lord of the rings that i can still appreciate you know now god 15 years down the road um is just how much they changed filmmaking in certain ways like motion capture they really just pushed it to the forefront oh yeah and now look what's happening with you know the planet of the apes and the yeah. franchise yeah. Um, Andy and, and you know the giant battle sequences and what they did you with you know uh, uh, 
massive the program they were yeah, using yeah, at the, the time. Weta, yeah, the Weta uh, designed, which funny enough, uh, even and uh, even Disney ends up using that later because they use that for for Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like the yeah, just the influence and just everything that comes from those Lord of the Rings movies. And they on were the technical smart side. movies then too. Yes, they didn't rely on the you know computer effects. They used them when they had to use them, yep. and they used practical, practical effects when they had to. Compare it to the Hobbit franchise, which I couldn't even finish. Yeah, they just was, look. Don't blame you. Oh yeah, terrible movies, but also visually they don't look as good, even though we have no, better technology. He just he he pulled a Phantom Menace, you know, or or Attack of the Clones, yeah. and just said we're going to do it all with computers, and it just yeah. did not work. Didn't no. I mean, yeah. So, anyways, uh, what's your number two there, Kyle? Uh, my number two we talked about uh, already a little bit, but just to touch on it a little bit more, uh, catch me if you can. Good choice. Uh, I yeah, just really. And there is actually a, a theme. Uh, these my, my my number two and my number one, if I remember right, came out about a week apart. Oh yeah, uh, like Christmas uh, season. And yeah, very Christmas Oscar season. Mm-hmm. And as usual, and so yeah, my number two and both have the same lead. Uh, so I, I know where you're going with ca- this? Uh, catch yep. me if Titanic. you can. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so my number one is Gangs of New York. Actually, didn't they come out on the same day? They might have. I I was looking at various lists because I think uh, I think Gangs of New York had a limited release first, and okay, then it okay. came out later. But yeah, they they both came out December of two thousand two. Absolutely, no matter what. But and that and because of two thousand two, I always associate Leonardo DiCaprio with December slash Christmas releases because I can't think of a movie that hasn't been released in that time frame for him other than inception yeah he's the only one that was summer i don't think well summer but um, i don't think shutter island was december i think it might have been i feel like that was earlier maybe it was january or or something something, but yeah but either way it was around that time um but yeah so this is the start of the leonardo dicaprio martin scorsese Mm -hmm. uh working together and the amazing films that have come out since then, except for Shutter Island. I, I like Shutter Island. Care to, uh, yes. I, mean, I, I thought you were going to say except for The Aviator. Yes. The Aviator was decent, so I Shutter thought. Shutter Island. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Decent once. Yeah. Uh, but amazing cast. Like, like that's uh, why I'm not surprised that Andy Serkis wasn't nominated for anything because he would have been an up against your he would have been a best supporting actor nomination and and then he would have been up against the eventual winner or Daniel Day Lewis this Liam Neeson John C Riley in this movie Brendan Gleeson and one of the few dramatic turns from Cameron Diaz that's actually really well done mm-hmm um, I think this and being John Malkovich are her probably two best dramatic works sure. that I can remember at least. Um, but yeah, just an overall really fantastic movie. It's it's what actually, because uh, this was when I was just about to start uh, film school. So this is what uh, got me into Martin Scorsese. Nice. Uh, so between this and then I was going back and watching Taxi Driver and Goodfellas, Goodfellas. and all that stuff. So. 
I feel like this these films too and this year were this was kind of when DiCaprio started to reinvent himself yep. from the heartthrob Titanic, you know, kind of pull away from that and really be a serious actor. And it's not that he wasn't talented before, but yep. I, I count myself among the people who did not pay attention to him. Yeah, well, because in this movie, like he grow he grows out the beard and grows yeah. out the scruff, yep. and yeah, it doesn't look like because even even in Catch Me If You Can, you can then say he's still that young kind of vigorous like heartthrobby kind of guy a like he's sleeping with a lot of people and catch Mm -hmm. me if you can Mm -hmm. um but gangs in new york he's not that like he's he's acting acting yeah acting probably because he was scared to death looking across the the set to daniel day lewis and being like i don't want to screw this up right (laughs) otherwise he'll slice my head off because daniel day lewis was a or is I guess was because he's a retired now, uh, method actor, and uh, as Bill the Butcher, not retired. You'd be you uh, might he might even slice your head off. Who knows? Uh, what do you got for number one, Logan? Well, my number one. Enlighten I mean, me. I'm, I'm I'm ready to have some you know arguing fun here. This here is the go. very first film you brought up today. As yeah, you hated mistakenly. I apologize. My number one film of the year, Road to Perdition. Okay, love this movie. All right. Uh, but love the cast, which you mentioned. You know, you've got Tom Hanks again, who's terrific in this. Uh, he's terrific in everything. Yes, you know, he you've is. got Paul Newman, who is one of my all-time favorite actors. Um, you've got, you know, in a small role, you've got Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, in a bigger role, you have a really creepy Jude Law. Um, and it's it's really it's 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 a father-son redemption story, wonderfully told, wonderfully directed. This was what you know got me hooked on Sam Mendes. Oh, okay. Uh, who's a, a terrific actor who, again, this was him working with Daniel Craig before James Bond. Yeah. Terrific you know, director. he would go on to, well, say again? A terrific director. I thought you said actor. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, you know, Sam Mendes, terrific director, right. you know, working with Daniel Craig, you know, kind of paving the way for them to do Skyfall together. Yeah. Um, no, Ooh, just absolutely, absolutely love this movie. And I encourage you to watch it again with an open mind. Well, I didn't watch it with a closed mind. I just, uh, I don't do well with slow movies and i think a lot of people don't do do well with slow watch movies. it at 1.5 speed okay <laughs> <laughs> don't do that what's your favorite film of the year my favorite film of the year is a very fast-paced movie it's uh it, i i'm gonna disagree because i fell asleep uh, no during it the first time <laughs> no uh, I, i've watched it subsequently and loved it but i was continue. gonna say you must have watched it when you were at 4 a.m and you've been up all day because this is a fantastic movie it is the born identity Matt Damon um, with his breakout action movie role uh, here. And um, okay, so here's here's the deal about Born Identity is that it kind of uh, made popular the shaky cam during action scenes. Uh, A lot of people have a problem with the shaky cam because they can't follow the action. What's going on on screen? I personally love that about the Born Identity because in a fight, it's chaotic. It's a mess. You don't know exactly what's going on or who's hitting who. And um, I didn't really need to see the sweet action movie the moves that were that Matt Damon was uh, putting out here, um, because in my opinion, it wasn't about that. It was about the atmosphere that it was setting. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love Matt Damon, and this was kind of the start of my love for Matt Damon. So fair enough. Yeah, fair it kind of yeah, the, like the shaky cam kind of grounds it. Like you don't want it to look like an elegant like Hong Kong action movie Ooh, yeah. or something like that. Uh, but there can be a middle ground and I think they eventually get to that middle ground mm-hmm. at points in the franchise. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Like I said, weirdly enough, I did fall asleep during the first time I watched oh my it. Gosh, when uh, when would you fall asleep? The beginning, the first like half hour is a bit slow. Uh, uh, I mean, oh, the, it's it's not you a whole can't lot of handle dialogue. setup and exposition. It's like no things need to happen. Story what? Also, I'd been up for like a day straight. See, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. <laughs> okay, very quickly before we wrap this up, starting with you, Kyle, what is your ranking of the entire Born franchise? Best to worst. Oh, no, I that's no, very I difficult. All right, Gabe, um, you first. We'll come back to you, yeah, Kyle. Think was, about your answer. I was just going to bring this up as it goes ultimatum, supremacy, and then identity. Um, and then and then Jason Bourne and then um, Legacy. Legacy. But the first three movies were that good, in my opinion. And in my and I don't think I, I enjoyed uh, Legacy for what it was, but I it was very forgettable. The only thing I actually loved about that movie was the first 45 minutes when he's out in the wilderness. It's Jeremy Renner um, basically playing Matt Damon. Um, but then Jason Bourne had a lot of uh, anticipation for me because I loved the, fir- the first three movies that much. And it was Matt Damon returning to the role, and it was Paul Greengrass returning to the role as director. And uh, who actually did not direct the first one? No, yeah, he directed two, two, two and three. three yeah. and, uh, and so I thought that was going to be so great. And it was a fine movie, but it had so much buildup. It had some critical flaws that the genre as a whole tends to have but that this franchise has not suffered from yeah you know like yeah the 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 quote-unquote villains of this movie were just again they didn't quite make sense they didn't quite congeal they didn't quite work for me they felt a little pontificating and like the movie was trying to say too much and that was not that's not what the born franchise is about uh yeah i don't know um i i would say the third one ultimatum is definitely the best one and yeah yeah, um, ultimatum, and it felt like a fitting ending. Yes, it did. It was a good place to stop. Yeah, and I, it, yeah, and why why I was hesitant on ranking them is because it's it's been there had been such a separation between like I know how I rank the the trilogy itself, mm-hmm. right. both, but then where to put in Jason Bourne, and I I think I liked it a bit better than the two of you did, okay. so I might actually put it ahead of Identity. Fair enough. Um, Wait, but, which one? Uh, Jason, Bourne. Jason Bourne. Oh, I might put it ahead of Born Identity, but still behind Supremacy, and then ultimately Ultimatum See, is the it's best. Funny, I didn't like Supremacy as much. I thought it was impeccably directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I felt like it was horribly paced. Like the script did not work for me. You had all this build up to, to him having this this fight with this other agent, and then yeah. it's over just like that. Then that's I, true. It was it was an awkward film for me. I, I felt like Greengrass so. really found his footing in Ultimatum, which is mm-hmm. not just a terrific film in the franchise. It is a terrific film, an all time great action movie. Also, in Identity, I, I just you spoke the villain has the amazing Clive Owen. It does and briefly in. One of, his, one of his breakout roles, I want to say. I uh, wouldn't say that, you know, three minutes constitutes a breakout role. Yeah. But... but, I mean, I remember him from the movie. And uh, now he's... That's true. And then yeah. right after the... Uh, soon after this, he did, like, Children of Men and Sin City, which were the Amazing. breakouts. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. of course, you know who was the villain in the second one? Carl Urban. Carl yeah, Urban, Carl yes. Urban, who yep. is in everything. Yep. Is there a franchise that man is not in? <laughs> uh, Star Wars. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. But who's the villain of the third one? In the third one... Another notable name, I want to say. past. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> 
if you say so. All right. Well, that uh, just about does it for uh, Be Kind Rewind episode 2002. Um, please join us next year when we talk about 2003. Um, naturally, everybody. So my name is Gabe. My name is still Logan. And I'm still Kyle. We'll see you next year.